And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are explorers. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness, that is life. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Base, the final frontier. Make it so. Do it. Hit it. Let's fly. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Aiden. And together we are the Bix. Indeed we are. In this episode of the Bix Pod, we are talking about uh, the original series, season three, the final season of the the show that started it all. It very nearly might have been the last season of Star Trek that we ever receive, um, which once you've watched the season, you kind of understand why that might have happened. It's not uh, the best season of Star Trek that's ever been... Um, put to film um, or digital memory cards. Yeah, however you film it these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a thing. Um, <laughs> season two ended with some dwindling viewership and and other problems. It was a very expensive show to produce, and uh, I think this was around the time when Desi Lou made an arrangement with Paramount. Was that between yes, season I think, two and three? I believe it was. Yes. Um, eventually to pick up because it was just too expensive it was it was not making them the money that uh yeah needed to to, needed to to. be profitable yeah um so the show was canceled after season two and it was only because of a massive fan-led fan uh created campaign to uh, a letter writing campaign to bring the show back that's the that's the reason why the show did come back for a third season and uh it famously like flooded the offices of of nbc in particular as the as the broadcaster right so they were they were just absolutely floored and they they had a policy at the time they had to respond to every single letter (laughs) um which must have sucked for those those poor probably interns or you know the young people you would staff. know because this is yeah. what you used to do and yeah. i guess kind of still do yeah the yeah in government at least in our government uh that i work for we if someone writes they get a response some yeah. of them a lot of them are canned standard response if you write a standard question yeah they have a standard response ready yeah. to go but if you write something unique uh someone looks at it right. and they write a response yeah. and uh that's what probably happened here when someone said well we need to bring Spock back for season three so him and Kirk can smush because <laughs> obviously that's what the whole series has been leading to. Yeah. Someone in NBC in 1969 had to read that. So, And I guess that cost a lot of money too because they, you know, not just in in um, paper and shipping costs, but uh, it, they had to pay people to do this. And yeah. I think they realized that it was probably not in their best interest to spend the money here when we could just bring the just show back for the show. and yeah. and then let's uh let's just cut the budget and <laughs> you know force them to do more with less yes. and you know and that's what they did so the the budget was reduced um they kept a lot of the the enterprise scenes or the, or the episodes on the Enterprise, like yeah. they were, um, or on very, very limited sets, yeah. bottle episodes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because then they didn't have to build massive sets to show 
other planets or big yeah. great civilizations. So you get a lot of enterprise centric yeah, episodes. Fewer fewer big space battles. There there are a few exceptions, like the yeah. episode where Kirk gets left behind on the the alien planet that's based on indigenous cultures or whatever, right. and he winds up marrying one of them. Like I think that's th- just like we're just gonna take a, a unit out to you know to Northern Cal and yeah. yeah, do it there. But which is fine, but it fine, still seems more totally. expensive than than you know, just completely reusing the 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 Enterprise set, but they they did yeah. use that on, on occasion. There's that one episode where um, everybody on the planet is there's no space for anybody to live on the planet, so they beam Kirk to the fake Enterprise, right, and then try and get him to give the disease to the to the lady. Anyways, yeah, right, they, they, right, right, they were, right, like yeah. that episode literally just used, and they didn't even have any extras. Like they literally, it was yeah. it was the barest of barest of sets. So yeah. you know, there there were things like that as well. Um, and sorry, Lindsay, I completely forgot this last time. So I, my apologies for season two. We forgot to mention a very important part of uh, production history in that one, which is yeah. Nichelle Nichols almost leaving the show after season one. Yeah. Um, I bet then, she wished she did. No. <laughs> after season two. Oh, well, <laughs> with yeah, all the yeah, shit yeah, that went okay. on yeah. afterwards. But yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. We didn't talk about that. And, and how she, uh, how, how did she, um, how was she convinced to stay on the show? Yeah, so she had a, a chance meeting with Martin Luther King and, uh, you know, he was like, oh, you know, it's great to see you and everything. And what 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 is happening with you? What's going on? And she was like, "Well, I'm leaving Star Trek because she wasn't getting, you know, her role was not very big, and yeah. she she wasn't really being challenged or anything." Um, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna leave the show." And he's like, "You absolutely cannot. You are the only black woman on television who's not a, a servant, or uh, I guess, yeah, no, a servant is really yeah. kind of you were completely typecast." So, um, yeah, so it was it was a huge moment for her to to. To be a part of uh, a leadership role in the the black community, in which America. she maintained for, yeah, the, rest for the rest of her life, of the, and yeah. um, the other uh, what what makes it more sad, I think, is that season three. So season two was all right, but by the time you get to season three, the role that women have in the show kind of diminishes. Um, because yeah, the the women's roles just kind of disappear, and, and we get some very like cookie cutter standard. I women would, are I crazy. Would, I, yeah, I would go further, Lindsay. This is season <laughs> three is the sexist season, uh, the most sex season, sexist season of Star Trek anywhere that we've seen at least. Yeah, uh, and it's it's noteworthy, and we're, we're going to talk a lot about yeah. that. It's it's really quite bad. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. This yeah, season three for uh, Nichelle Nichols and everybody else involved was was not great. Um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what happens uh, after this this show is actually canceled at the end of season three uh, when we're talking about the movie and the animated series, which yeah. are coming up later on. Um, but yeah, this was the final season. Um, at the end of it, there were 79 episodes that were produced and aired. Yep. Um, and it was it was revolutionary. It was a bright flame that puttered out quickly. We know mm-hmm. about this is from mm-hmm. Peaks fans mm-hmm. um, and Shakespeare fans. Shakespeare he, puttered out quickly. Okay, he was like 50, all right? That was a long life. And then he then. did have, you know, a period where nobody, you know, produced his plays. So, there you go. You See? Know. Yeah. I mean, there was a civil war, so... Yeah, there were things happening. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and I, yeah. I just so yeah, that that's the we we are arriving at the end of the original show that that carried it all and set the wheels in motion for everything that we love. That uh, and it's, and and let's just be clear here that that um, the show does not get recreated or rebooted without the fans. The the mm-hmm. network did not necessarily see this at the time and even into the 70s I think as 
a, a franchise worth investing. It wasn't a franchise. It was no. just a TV show that ran for three seasons. And they didn't, nobody at that, at that, uh, at Paramount, nobody in the production with the exception of Lucille Ball perhaps and, and Roddenberry himself had that vision to say this is a great show. The fans were the ones who bring it back. Between season one and two, you have the writers pitching in. Um, season two and three, you have fans. After season three, which we'll get into late in later episodes, you have fan conventions and fanfic and all this stuff that comes up. It's the fans that really make this happen. Um, the The production history of the show soured a lot of people. Yeah. Like, like the way that the production company yeah. handled the show. And that continues into you know the the track that we get in the 80s and 90s yeah, as well absolutely um the meddling from the studio this is a a show that fans it's for the fans the fans love the show so much they're the ones who keep it alive we can't yes the production company puts up the money but they aren't the ones that are leading the charge here mm-hmm. maybe you could you could argue that nowadays with the new trek stuff there are people in the production who are passion who are true fans of the series yeah. and now they're bringing something new to it whether you like it or not um but they're not executives first they're more like creative yeah creative types fans yeah. who want to see the show i mean yeah the whole survive. i mean yeah we'll, we'll talk about it when we, we will, get to the, sure. to the new stuff but i mean yeah production systems are very different now than they were mm-hmm. in, in the 60s and stuff so um yeah so it's but it's, just as sexist yeah exactly <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all... You wrote that? Yesterday, as a matter of fact. So a nice segue between uh, the production and the sexism, I think, is is a brief interlude about uh, Roddenberry himself. Mm-hmm. So um, Roddenberry was sexist (laughs) and i i this is one of those things that he even himself has had noted and admitted um you know he was he was very vocal about the the optimism and the progressive ideas behind star trek um but he he admitted that he had his own blind spots and women were absolutely one of them um so he was he'd been soured by the production schedule um by the end of like 69 here uh but in that time period he also wound up marrying uh major barrett yeah uh nurse chapel and luxana troy in the future Mm -hmm. and uh, the the original number one yeah (laughs) uh the original one uh so this season is really kind of you feel like a little bit like Roddenberry's he's stepping in to do a, a bit of the the show writing here uh-huh. um, and some of his biases maybe are seeping through a little bit stronger here than than another so you seasons. say are, are we're blaming Roddenberry for the sexism I I, I yeah I mean he I is, think he, he owned the show really so I, I don't think, think he's, the buck's gotta stop he's with him. reflecting the the times and I think yeah. even though it is you know we've had the summer of love and the women's liberation movement and you know all all the fun stuff that the 60s brought us um there are still a lot of old ideas kicking around there there's just no way around that so you know i do struggle sometimes with with putting modern day sensibilities and trying to um shoehorn past ideas into what we accept today because i don't think that's fair no but um, yeah but in this one even they were not even progressive for the time like no really, I, there were... there really was a lot of of unfortunate decisions and and i don't know if that's frustration and just like i don't care anymore on the part of roddenberry and the writers or if or if it's like 
we just don't have the time or the money to to do this better so we're just going to do a job instead of doing the best job yeah. or like the none of that that true idealism or the spirit of of progressivism that the show started with really shines through there are some notable episodes they really do bash you over the head with their progressivism or with their hints of yeah. progressivism but it definitely doesn't happen in the area in this area of uh, the, the gender relations yeah, yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think there there's that one episode um i can't even remember the name right now but it's the one where they uh they go underground and the women rely on the men are above ground and they're dumb idiots uh, and the women underground are uh, i can't remember that one for the world is hollow and i touch the sky that's the one that's the one um and i love that title that's just yeah a great title. oh yeah I they do have title. some great titles yeah, i yeah, will say you yeah. watch these and you're like oh this will be interesting and then it's not but the title is, <laughs> the title is, is great it's yeah. captivating yeah um, yeah that's a good episode because it's like it does kind of yeah it, it's playing with it there yeah like, a little like, bit, like yeah. It, but it is still kind of essentialist because at the end of the day yeah. the women literally can't operate any of the machinery that makes them smarter than the men right because they need a a human a, a man brain to make it work like there's right. still sexism like right in the core of it yeah but it masks it over by making yeah it's it's the women like more it's like those, those conversations know? where it's like um you're so close like you you, you you're almost there yeah are we talking about the same episode is this the one where they they have like that control center yeah and there's yeah, yeah. like the, and the they, don't they need playbook? spock for that yeah, yeah. and mccoy's it's there yeah. yeah 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 okay yeah that's the one um beyond beyond the sexism though yeah. uh the ideas were again running low i think you just mentioned spock <laughs> yeah. and his brain uh we will get to that episode <laughs> we, will, we will discuss <laughs> it's the one that kicks off the whole season yeah. i mean we should have known it was yeah. gonna be yeah it's the it's last not, one for a while it's not a great uh start but yeah and that you kind of get that sense throughout mm-hmm. that there's just a lot of episodes that are just not very rewarding not very unique or engaging they don't have a good really core concept they, they continue the the same kind of they go to the same bag of tricks yeah from previous seasons mm-hmm. but with less vigor like yeah. uh let that be your last battlefield the one that i think is probably the closest yeah. to a progressive storyline yeah very didactic yeah. right yeah white and black or black and white and it's it's <laughs> like it's so obvious that that's what they're talking about yeah. or um the earth stand-ins or the the like the analogies that they pull the yeah. one with lincoln right yeah where well it's yeah like, that episode where like yeah they find lincoln and sirak uh fighting against Collis and stuff like yeah. it's just like it it, it, yeah they, they were just they were they were out of ideas they, they, yeah. this really was just um throw shit at the wall and stuff that, sticks well and it yeah the, the, the shit stank and well and and, this point. and there wasn't it would be fine if you had like with season two a few clunkers but you also had some standout episodes yeah there's none of that yeah. really yeah there's there's nothing like the ultimate computer or the doomsday machine where you know you really dive into one idea and and really extrapolate philosophically right yeah, yeah exactly yeah i mean even even uh, let that be your last battlefield is mm-hmm. is very top like surface it's yeah. it's there's no real depth about you don't even know really who the like because they're both of the guys are kind of like 
made out to be the good guy and yeah, the bad guy. So yeah. it, it, you can't even really assess it for the analogy of race relations in America, where obviously one party has been, you know, nothing but yeah. uh, put down by the majority yeah, it for almost, so long, that, right? that episode almost makes it seem like there are good guys on both sides yeah, and yeah. bad guys on both sides, yeah. which is the wrong analogy to pull when you're talking about race relations. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's like it was they tried and yeah. they really didn't even quite get there. Yeah. So, um Oh, yeah, I had a note here about they had some downright bad takes. Um, oh, yeah, the, the Cloudminders, um, where they, that one where they go to the Eden planet and there's like this, the underling class who does all the work. And then there's the the heavenly people. Up oh, above. is that the one where they, where they get rid of the, the. No, they could, they find out what causes yeah. the, the underlings to be dumber. Yeah. And then Kirk exposes one of the higher up people to it. Or, but it was just like, at the end of the episode, basically the take was like, oh, we'll just let the slaves stay slaves. And we're not going to correct the. Clear social injustice that's going on here. They didn't even try and do that. They just like and I, let it I, go. I, I don't really remember that episode. Is there any mention of it being like a prime directive type thing where we're just going to let them? No, because they they were there for or? trade. No, it was there. They were there for a trade thing, and they were like, if they don't get the thing from the the higher ups, that's who just control so it. funny because <laughs> that's that is definitely something that Kirk would have done in a in a season one episode or even in season two where he would have been like, no, I am going to imperialistically tell you how. Yeah. like I'm. Going going to make your lives better because you're going yeah. to be the it's the american way this is yeah. we're going to give you democracy equal. exactly and, yeah yeah and they didn't even go that far walk away from it no yeah exactly and this time they didn't even try that far they huh. just kind of walked away yeah, yeah so it's, it's 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 a bizarre thing then we can get to turn about intruder yeah we're gonna have a whole oh, yeah, we'll, thing we'll, we'll definitely be one. talking about that um yeah so the the characters even are a little more bland there's there's not yeah. really many great character moments in this one yeah. I, I think except spock gets a few of course uh spock's brain obviously spock's right brain. Yes. huge character moment for massive him. character moment uh, for him. there's also uh the one that we will actually talk about i think uh which is the one where he uh goes back in time with the blonde and he almost falls in love and stays with her that one was kind of he goes back in time yeah, on the planet where the library sends them back in time, and that's how the people oh, stay alive. You forgot all the No, no, I remember that one. <laughs> There's a lot of not great episodes in this one. That was that. I think that one was supposed to be the final episode. It was the second last. Yeah, one. Yeah, second last one. I think. Yeah. So all our yesterdays, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's there. Um, so yeah, and the, the, I mean, there are a few other highlights for the characters. Uh, Kirk gets his kind of like inner light moment when he has the the chance to marry the right the woman and he's there for like six months you know someone yeah. online pointed out like this five-year mission one-tenth of it Kirk wasn't <laughs> even the captain yeah, he was right. just on this thing because it takes so long for them to go back and forth or i guess that's true um so it was you know there's there's some weird things like that but that also has the the unfortunate um native american stereotypes just oh, yeah riddled just pasted everywhere right. it's just yeah it's it's uh, some unfortunate choices are being well, made. Well, it doesn't it doesn't really I mean it it's interesting that Kirk may have this I this desire for um a family life. Sure. You know, because you don't really get hints of that no. throughout, but it's it, where same with Picard where, you know, he has a family light in the inner and light. It, and it has to happen in a in a moment where like he doesn't remember who he is. Yeah. And then it's like your baser instincts come out. And yeah. so these men who are like leaders and captains and don't have time for families, when that is removed, it's like, oh, I could be a dad. I could yeah. be a husband. And I don't know that that's really character development or character growth because there's not really any no. hint of that. Not until you get to the movies and you find out that Kirk does have a son. And, you know, then you get a little bit more of that family life thing. And 
but I mean, it's it's it doesn't feel like you're really exploring who that character is as we've come to know them. It's more like you're just yeah. going to take them in a different direction for 35 for, minutes yeah. and then and then reset at the end of the episode. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it feels very episodic. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's it's not character growth or character development. It's just... Well, and because, and again, around. because the season was done after this point and, you know, and yeah. the show was done and, and they never really explored much of it. Um, you don't even get what you had in the inner light, which is where, you know, later on, Kirk or yeah. Picard's still playing his flute and he falls in yeah, love with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and he shares this this thing. It, it is a part of him. Yeah, and then you get, in you know, time. in Generations, there's the, yeah. the Nexus and there's some, you know, the death yeah. of Renee yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, which which kind of harkens well, back and, to and that. And the Borg, too. Like, the, yep. this, the psychological impact of the Borg is one of the... But that's not what... Let's, let's not be too harsh on Star no, Trek either, not. because that's not what sci-fi was doing. Doing and it's not really no. what television was doing, unless you're talking about a show like The Prisoner. A little bit, yeah. I mean, the, or Doctor Who, maybe. Prisoner is a way better example. But totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like then, then you get you know that kind of serialized. Yes, thank you. Bit, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. And this was before. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. the '60s. I mean, yeah. television was not an art form whatsoever. I was going to say before Twin Peaks, but uh, actually, Next Generation also predated Twin Peaks. Although I think it did its best work after Twin Peaks came out. <laughs> but we can talk about that later on. We can we can revisit, it, of course. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Today's episode is brought to you by Eden Enterprises, your premier vacation provider to all of the Federation's pleasure planets. When you ride with Eden, you ride with a pack of ne'er do well hippies who serenade your every move and <laughs> criticize your long assumed cultural norms. Book with Eden Enterprises today for a 10% discount on all Risa trips. Also available, a 15% savings on trips to the center and or edge of the galaxy, wherever your Eden may lie. <laughs> we'll take you there with Eden Enterprises. <laughs> Very topical. Just, just a little bumper one there for you. <laughs> I like it. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? So, let's, yeah, let's talk about these, these episodes. These episodes. We got to start with Spock's brain. Do we? Probably <laughs> one, of the, one of the worst episodes of Star Trek that has ever been produced. And yes, we are including Code of Honor in this list. Yeah. It's so bad. It is absolutely terrible. Not racist. Like no, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. But just in terms of the story. So so this <sighs> this story, how does Spock lose his brain? Someone steals it in order to... Oh, wait. Is this the same one with the ladies who need the brain to make the things function? No. Is that... Is that... Oh, jeez. These ones... See, Spock's brain is so forgettable. I refuse to watch it again. We watched yeah. it... Once. Once. Months and ago. dear God, I couldn't even... It doesn't matter. It, doesn't it matter. really doesn't matter. Because Spock is, does not have a brain. And, and he's literally just like... But, but it's not like, okay, if he lacked a brain uh-huh. and McCoy could hook him up to machines to keep his lungs and blood pumping and everything, yeah. keep everything else going yeah. for a couple of days while they find track down his brain and bring it back. Sure. Okay. You know what? It's doable. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Fine. But no, they pack him up, put a robot brain in him so <laughs> yeah. that he walks yes. around like yes. little Frankenstein. And what it's the just, fuck? It's just what the so fuck? weird. It's not... It's just... We've already talked about it too yeah, much, yeah, I think. It's true. I mean, it is it is notable for being... I mean, I think a lot of people rank it the worst episode of all time. Uh, it's not even good... It's not even bad funny. Like, there's there's no comedy you can really get out of it. A little bit, you know, Nimoy does a good lurch. And <laughs> yeah, brainless Spock. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and this one is, I think, also the one where the women uh, actually need... 
you yeah. know, a, a brain, a, a male brain. Literally, in they order need, to, yes, yeah, you're right. to make it you're work. Right. The one that I'm that I'm thinking of also had a woman in the like yeah. the leadership role. But yes, it was like yes, the, yeah. Okay. We get our we get our bad episodes confused. <laughs> the thing that bothers me about Spock's brain is that it's it could have been a really good premise. Because Spock is is the logical, yeah, hard head. Yeah. Like he he knows things. He yeah. knows what to do, and for him to be without a brain, there's going to be some fallout from that, or there's going to be yeah, like death. there should be the de- no death is yes, the yes 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 that's fine. But Aiden, it's science fiction, so let's just well, okay. accept the premise I, 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 that no, you I, could I, remove <laughs> the brain from somebody. How does somebody like Spock react to not having access to that part of himself? No, well, the, no, that's not the interesting part. But the interesting part would be is what impact does losing Spock's rationality have on oh, Kirk? Oh, that too, that's the exactly. Real thing, right, because the, he's got the angel and the angel on his yeah, shoulders, and he's, and he's got the only McCoy. How does that? That's the real thing. That right? you, absolutely. Spock's brain as yes. a metaphor for uh, you miss. I did air quotes on yeah. brain. Spock's brain, quote unquote, is you know a metaphor for the reasonable side. Put Kirk in a really tough spot where he doesn't have. Uh, Spock's brain literally to help balance him out and see the mistakes that he makes. I also think you can do that and also give Spock his own agency and have his own storyline play out. You could have both. Lindsay. Why not both? Spock is his brain. Without his brain, there's no Spock. Yes, but then you have to have Spock figuring out once he's got his brain back, there's going to be fallout from that. Like the, That's what I, I just episode, wish. The yeah. next episode or there was a, <laughs> a, an arc to it or something. Because I, I think that's... There is some... There's a kernel of something there. But how they did it, it just... He did become just Lurch from the episode. <laughs> which is an insult to Lurch. Because Absolutely. at least he had that singing uh, career in well, that one episode. Lurch did, not Spock. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I forgot In the original Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Although the movies are great too. I love those movies. They they always made me happy in the night. The Adam family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from a terrible one to actually a decent one. This was one of the few episodes that I think people watch and they're like, oh yeah. I brought this up and you were like, no, it's a bad episode. And then you throw it in this list of things (laughs) we're going to talk about. I really think sometimes you just disagree with me to disagree with me, just to like keep things spicy. That's why we have a podcast, Lindsay. This is where I disagree with you, and this episode is very fun. And you were wrong to. I think agree, it's otherwise. fun. Okay, that's well, then what we're I was all in agreement. Isn't that nice? Uh, yeah. So, Spectre of the Gun. Uh, I don't remember the premise of how they got there, but yeah, they end up on a planet that uh, they they end up having to fight at the OK Corral. Yeah, they have to play out the fight of the yeah. OK Corral, no matter what they do to try and like get out or try and use their technology to like yeah. protect themselves or something. Nothing works. Um, and then they realize that it's all uh, mind projection. Yeah, you have the, to. The aliens you, are doing something to their brains. If you believe that you're going to get shot, you'll you will get shot yeah. if you believe yeah. that it's fake. It's like the you'll matrix. Survive. Like once yes. you once you're outside the matrix, yes. they can't hurt you. And that's anything. that is a kind of cool sci-fi yeah. premise, yeah. right? And uh, and it's very striking visually. The the I mean, Star Trek in the early seasons and even the first couple seasons of Next Gen. Uh, get shit on for having you know the, the sound planets. stage where it's planets. just yeah, yeah a green yeah. background yeah. or this one is just the red background but yeah. it does lend a spookiness to it like yeah it's, this it's, one works yeah, yeah like Arizona sky on fire and 
it's it's ominous and it's red it's it's yeah it's good it it matches yeah yeah, it does it's a bottle episode again because everything takes place on this one street and tombstone yeah with like totally reused sets from whatever other the production company had on hand for a western right like have done will travel that's why they were that week i don't even know if that was still on the show or still on the air but yeah yeah they absolutely just grabbed gun smoke and yeah 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 but it it is it is a fun little episode you know they try and sleuth it and then uh spock has to mind meld with everyone to get them to convince them that they're not actually going to be hurt. And then- See, this would been this would have been a good thing to have after Spock's brain, where he has to like it takes him a while to figure it out because he's still trying to put the pieces back together of his brain, and then he fig- you're trying to salvage. I am the unsalvageable Lindsay. I, I appreciate the thought, but it's it's not going to happen. Let's talk about the Tholian web. Oh no, that's a good episode. This is the one episode of this season that I'm like every time I'll watch the Tholian web. Yep. Like if it was on syndication still, if it, that fully web Probably was on, is. I would be like, we uh, just don't yeah. have cable, so we don't know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, if syndication still mattered to me yeah. personally, but <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great premise. Um, you know, they've got this interesting bad guy who's just building a web around them. Um, yeah. And then there's this other uh, bad guy about the the space that's phasing in and out. And yes, and and, and Kirk the is ship. like stuck. They yeah. don't know it. It's it's it. it Comes back again. We're going to make a lot of references to Next Generation here, but um, the episode where Rolaren and and Jordy LaForge are interface out of phase. phase, That's kind of what this is, where they have like a funeral almost for Kirk, and and but then they start seeing him, and it's like, yeah, like it's a good, it's a totally good sci-fi premise. There's like a race against time because Kirk is running out of oxygen, and it's like. And you the know, web is going to be completed. Yeah, and, and they have to get away before that happens. Yeah. And, and and it is notable because Kirk is off screen for most of the episode. It's one yeah. of the few episodes in all of the original series where Kirk has a largely secondary role. And Spock and McCoy are the ones who have to work together. In fact, yeah. he he has that little message that he sends to them. Yeah, that's right. And he's yeah, like, if you I'm gotta, dead, you got to work, work together. Yeah, I got to work together. But then in the end, they they don't admit that they ever watched it yeah. they're like oh we were oh, too busy yeah, we were too busy what are you talking about captain yeah. and then he's yeah, like yeah. oh okay yeah yeah but yeah it, it's it's i it's mean sweet. it's again good character moments yeah yeah it is and it's but it again it has that interesting premise yeah. it's a good good episode yeah all around bullying by 10 out of 10 maybe not 10 out of 10 but very good <laughs> 10 out of 10 in season, season three, three terms absolutely which is like it's, a five out of 10 any other season but. it's like a 14 out of 10 in season three terms to be honest <laughs> Plato's stepchildren is a an, an interesting one for the first interracial kiss quote. quote yes. First interracial kiss. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really the first interracial kiss. Yeah. I believe there had been... Um, well, there had been all, all sorts of interracial yeah. kisses that had happened previously. But yes. In fact, some involving Shatner. Yeah. So, I mean, for him but, to be so insistent that this was the first one. But on kind of color funny. TV, yes. <laughs> in, you know, with, with a, a white, white man, man and a black, black woman, woman. Uh, this was the first time. And the, I guess this is where, you know, bringing it back to Nichelle Nichols and the MLK mm-hmm. uh, connection, um, it is groundbreaking. And and even though that story, the Plato stepchildren, it's 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 the aliens made them do it kind of thing. Yeah. There's not really any, um, they don't have any agency to do it. It's not like this is coming out of a place of it's, there's respect there obviously because they are, you know, a, a commander and his subordinate. I yeah. guess there's that kind of relationship going on, but it's not like this is a thing where they're going to fall in love. That would have been truly revolutionary yeah, if you'd yeah. had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why not have Kirk and Uhura both lose their memory? on a planet and fall in love like that would have right? been revolutionary right like, yeah you know, that would exactly. have been something very different but right they weren't gonna um, do that <laughs> no and and so okay fine but plato stepchildren is a goofy 
Yeah, it's just silly. Yeah, the rest of the story is pretty crazy and and silly. And again, they're just omnipotent beings that can make people do whatever they want. And uh, yeah, Spock is uh, a horse at one point. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's getting ridden. It's it's a very strange, strange episode. Fodder for fan fiction. True, true. Uh, And just to mention that, of course, uh, it's a very famous thing. But just in case you hadn't heard it, uh, it was originally going to be Spock and Uhura kissing. And then Shatner was like, oh, if anybody's going to be kissing Uhura, it's going to be Kirk. Oh, wow. I did not not know. Oh, that's one of his favorite stories. And I I mean, I did hear that um, the network didn't want to include the kiss. Yes. But every time they did a take where he didn't do the kiss, he messed it up. Yeah, on purpose. On purpose. So that they couldn't use it. it, And then they finally just gave in or something. I don't know. But. That's um, part of the part of the legend. If that's true, yeah. which you can't always believe what Shatner says all the time. Mm, ever. Sometimes. Then you have uh Ilan of Troilus. Yeah. Troyus? Troyus. Uh which is I mean, this is the sexism coming back here. So the I mean the whole premise of the episode basically Kirk has to discipline a woman into becoming civilized well let's be fair mm. it wasn't his job initially um Elan is supposed to be married to somebody else yeah and he's ferrying her between these two civilizations they're gonna end a war um it's Again, very much like that episode of Next Generation with uh, the Famke Jansen. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The the master. Yeah, sex because object. <laughs> because and then and then her bodyguard is actually in love with her and like kills the actual guy or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but it's anyway, Kirk episode. ends up having to take over this role. And the thing that that gets him is that yes, okay, she's got a sharp tongue, and he has to like you know correct her but she it, it it falls into that other trope of like a woman's tears will change the heart of a man because literally, literally her tears, if her tears yeah. touch him he falls in love with love her and that's exactly forever. what happens yeah but i think the last the last line of that episode if i'm not mistaken there's there's a couple of these episodes <laughs> and i i don't know how many of them are in season three but it I remember it being very heavily implied in season three that Kirk is very in love with the Enterprise. <laughs> yes, and I think the yes, last line of this episode is like, the Enterprise got to him first, first or something yeah, like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, is Kirk sticking his dick in an EPS conduit? Probably. Like, probably. I just, I, not, I mean, not that there's the anything same. wrong Scotty's, with that. Scotty had no problem with, you know, people insulting Kirk and his other crew but members. Don't but insult don't my insult girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Loves her more than not anything. to kink shame, but a little kink shame, a little <laughs> kink shaming is my kink. Then you have the one that we've already discussed a little bit. Let that be your last battlefield. Right. The, the half black, half white people. Yeah. Uh, you know who the master half is left side black, right side white, or, or the other whatever, way around, whatever yeah. it is. And they've been engaged in a you know. All out war. For all of eternity. Um, and then they go and end the war by killing each other in, on their, their home planet, I think, at the end. Again, these episodes, they're they're so hard to watch that it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, uh, it's difficult to keep track of what's going on, even if you're trying to pay a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, so I mean, people have 
this is is not the worst episode of season three by far. There no. are many, many worse episodes. And it does try to do something. Yes, it is. And so yes. let's, you know, props for that. It's not, um, it's not a bad idea. It's just not fully executed. And that's the thing that it's the theme for season three. It's that you've got a kernel of an idea that could be really good and you just don't go for it. You you pull up short and it ends up being yeah. feeling a little bit hollow or when, uh, tame. Yeah. When when we get and to Voyager, that is my main yeah. complaint about Voyager. You said that. I will voice it many times between now and then, but essentially Voyager has an idea, goes about anywhere from seventy five to ninety five percent of the way, but never goes a hundred percent of the way into any idea that it explores. Right. And yeah, this is like a. 55% of the way kind yeah. of thing. Like they've got the premise, they've got the analogy, they've failed to add anything of interest or make Value. it dynamic yeah. or yeah, or really explore the the implications of that yeah. that uh, analogy. And it's so it's it is it's memorable in the sense that if you're watching season three, you'll remember it, unlike right. a lot of the other episodes. Um, but it's not memorable in the sense of being a great episode or something that riveted you with the drama or the concept or the characterization or any of this. And that's uh, also could have been better if they'd had a bigger budget and you could have gone down to the planet or if this hadn't taken place on the bridge of the enterprise 90% of the time or whatever, because um, it feels like season three, even though they did have a, a limited budget they didn't just cut the um, the action scenes and the, yeah. the big set pieces. They cut the the philosophy of it. And I don't know, <laughs> yeah, like, there's like not the a writing. line item for philosophy when you're making a show, but it feels like there was, and well, they just got rid yeah, of it. Yeah, it you feels know? like the writers got everything really rushed, and they're or, like, we or, we need to do this, but we have to do it within this constraint. Yeah. So we're just gonna like barrel through the 35 page script yeah. to get there. Well, yeah, and it yeah, it's almost like I'm sure the original ideas for a lot of the episodes were more nuanced or more in depth, but they required scenes that were expensive to film. Right. So when they went back to the editing board, they're like, well, okay, we have to change this and yeah. this and this. So we can't explore this idea yeah. the way we could. Right. And you lose and a lot. You yeah. And you just lose that. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I, we're ragging on the writers and we're ragging on production we're ragging team. On, we're but ragging on the show. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a collective it's, failure. It's, it really does come down to, um, not being able to do what the vision requires. Yeah. And that blame falls at the feet of the production company. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, well, the production company, the network, the whole, yeah, yeah, the whole show. Failed, yeah. I meant, so. I meant, yeah. But yeah. Network absolutely. was ruled into that. Production yeah. Yeah. Company. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. Um, speaking of failures, uh, <laughs> the way to Eden. Uh, I thought this episode was fun. So this is one of those <laughs> ones where like the collective kind of reviews, I was looking up the Wikipedia entry just really quickly here and like, yeah, everybody says it's terrible, um, but it's memorable. Again, it's memorable in the sense that you're like, okay, this is their episode where they talk about hippies in yeah. in space. Um, hippies in space. I love and, it. And that's it. And there's like, yeah. it's a musical episode. Right. So there is, there is a musical episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, not not like high school musical. <laughs> no. But there is music very it's They sing. It's like they have a love in in the recreation room. Yeah. 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 It's just It's uh. like they it's I I It's very of its time in that way. I think that a lot of shows did this where they were like 
okay, Haight Ashbury is big. Yeah, let's what go. Do we do? <laughs> yeah, let's let's go. We'll take some pictures. We'll we'll like caricaturize this, this movement. movement. Yeah, and then let's just put it in our show, and it'll make us popular, right? And I feel like that's what they did here. It yeah, was it's like, like a, it's like the Law and Order approach to, to making television. Ripped like, from the what, headlines. Yeah, what's going on? Hippies. Let's throw them in the thing. And to an extent, like. And, and it's, I think the more interesting way of examining the episode is to say, like, what does it have to say about hippies? Yeah. And it's really quite negative in the end. It because is. Because they're, they're completely deluded by this, you know, yes. messianic uh, guy who's dying of a disease and he thinks yeah. he's going to find Eden. They get to this planet after they hijack the Enterprise. And, of course, the planet is actually all poison, literally. Like, yeah. they can't even, they can't even touch the grass because it, it's made of acid and it burns their feet and stuff. Yeah. So, like... There, there's literally the hippies are just dumb teenagers who are trying to live the good life. Yeah, um, and they they do try a little bit through Chekhov because Chekhov's in love with the right. the lady yes. of the of the thing. Um, and and he is our youth stand-in. Yeah, so he's he's at least open to it. Um, but but there, the criticism stands, and that there's no pushback to that yes. from anybody, even when the when the hippies are are kind of trying to explain their way of thinking yeah. a more progressive show would have taken them at face value yeah, yeah and not yeah. and not tried to make it so ironic or something yeah. right yeah but this feels like just a bunch of crotchety old men and women deciding they don't really understand what's going on they're going to include it because they have to but they don't really get it and so they just kind of yeah. criticize it in their own way it's their way of getting a dig in at their kids it feels like it, that's right? really what it did feel yeah i guess yeah. and i mean there's that i think there's a line at the end spock says something like well maybe one day you will find an eden or something like that right like it's not entirely 100 totally like tonally it's not 100 percent dismissive yeah. but it is dismissive ultimately yeah. and uh you know but it's it's kind of not dismissive of the core ideals it's dismissive of the leader who was sure you know like leveraging those ideals to get a group that would help him achieve and his it, goals it does right? it does have its place because as we know they didn't know this at the time but with hindsight we can see how the hippie movement did bring about um a lot of like compounds and yeah like, well, yeah, uh, the Manson, Manson family and, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Heaven's Gate and and yeah. things like that that trickle up through you know into the 70s and 80s and yeah. 90s with cults and things like that yeah. so yeah having having the criticism levied at the leveled at the um yeah. the messianic leader yeah makes sense but it also feels like they're making fun of the people who are caught under their spell. And I yes. think a, a better show would have had more sympathy for them yeah. being conned by this guy. Well, and maybe not even being conned, but having more sympathy for the actual, the or, ideals yeah, you know, that, and, that are and, feeding that. And right? the plight that they feel like they can't yeah. get that somewhere else. So yeah. they have to go to this guy. Yeah. There's no real examination of why that happens. Yeah. And that, again, feels like a blind spot the show does not address and yeah, I mean, or I, can't address. Yeah, maybe. well, yeah, I think, it, I think it tries, but it, I mean, their complaints are all about the Federation, which is not something... And this is a problem with the original series generally is because you only ever get the Enterprise and their monster of the week kind of antagonist. Yeah. You never get any good side of the Federation. You don't really know what this utopia well, actually you, looks like. And you, and yeah, you don't operates. get any idea at all about about the Federation aside from the fact that there's some reference. I mean, obviously there's Vulcans and there's humans. Um, they mention the Andorians and the Tellarites at yeah. one point. But the founding members, like, that's it. Yeah. 
The end the prime directive. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's because- and one episode I was just watching the other day. They didn't even have a name. They, they Kirk was going to talk to space central. Yeah. yeah like exactly. they didn't even have the, the idea of the Federation fleshed out. Yeah. Yet. That's something for later yeah. that, yeah, yeah, Starfleet, the Federation, the ideals get grounded and we have like an economic system that makes sense here. It's just, it, you almost could buy that, that they do have, a bone to pick with this yeah. monolithic yeah entity that is which is obviously very based on america because for I sure mean, kirk has you know read the declaration of independence aloud literally, in one of the episodes yes. yeah so i mean like there are literally a lot of a lot of things that yeah the, the parallels are again very very they direct. just don't they just can't go there because because no. even that would have been cool if you're like well we've got these people who are against the america stand-in which is kind of what these hippies are well, you know, they're they against capitalism yeah. in real life. Yeah, exactly. But the parallel is not, they just... No, they can't hit they're it. They're so close. Yeah. This Again, is like a 65, so 70%. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm going to start measuring episodes. It's just how close totally. to the full thing uh, we actually get. All Our Yesterdays mm-hmm. um, was one of the final episodes. Yeah, was it the se- final I think episode? it's the second last. Yeah, But it's, no, a, turnabout- it's the second last episode that aired. Yes. Turnabout Intruder was the last one aired. Yes. Um... But I, I, I want to say maybe this was supposed to be the last one that they aired, or it was the last one they filmed. But either way, it's a, it's a three-hander. It's again, it's just McCoy, uh, Kirk, and Spock. Off doing um, their things. And they go to this. Li- I don't even remember how they get there, but they end up on this library planet, where there's only one clone left, or something like that. And he's the librarian, and basically, it he, they have a time machine. Yeah. And all the people on this planet that is now dead. Yeah. Uh, they've sent them back in time to various different points, places. wherever they were interested, right? Yeah. Um, because the planet's the, dying, or the the planet was in the process of dying, yeah. and so they knew this was coming, so yeah. they sent everyone back in time in order to yeah. to enjoy their the rest of their lives in Somewhere the past, else. right? Which is nice. Hey, cool. Right on. It's a cool great concept. idea. Absolutely. Um, but not so much when Kirk gets sent back to like 17th century England yeah, yeah. and uh, McCoy and Spock McCoy, McCoy they they McCoy. end up in um, they were together right like frozen wasteland it was like, it's like the ice planet. age yeah, yeah it's like the ice age of this planet yeah, yeah. and they, they find a woman there uh, who is being punished for whatever crime I don't even remember uh, and so she was trapped here for the rest of her life in yeah. this barren wasteland um, and then Spock comes and they yeah, want to something yeah. something there's something yeah like he loses to him yeah there's it's like the the planet itself is emitting some radiation or something like that that inhibits his rational right thing and brings him back to a more no yeah it's it's literally the that this planet is aged back in time so therefore oh Spock's yes he's reverting back evolution yeah. is reverting yeah. back as yeah. well yeah yeah it's not it. sex pollen it's just <laughs> it's just time yeah. that's how it works yeah. right um so yeah so he he falls in love with this with this uh quite attractive uh lady in a bear skin it's in a bear it's, skin. it's very yeah 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 um but yeah it's again it's a nice little bit of character and I think it would have been a good, it's a, again, a, an interesting sci-fi premise yeah. that um, comes too late in the season for them to really do anything about it. Yeah. And and it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really, like it has the same kind of feel as um, City on the Edge of Forever where they have to get back to their time yeah. and there has to be like, you know, you've got to sync it up properly so that you can get back yeah. and things like that. They can communicate to each other as well. Yeah. Like Kirk and, they yell and through a wall. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're able to kind of hear each other and, and, and formulate a plan, but Kirk ends up in jail in the 1600s yeah. or wherever it is. Yeah. 
and he's going to go on trial as a witch or something like yeah. that. I don't remember. Yeah, that was it. But it's, it's yeah, and, and McCoy is kind of out of commission for a while because he has frostbite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. It, so it, he doesn't revert back or something? I don't remember. It doesn't, it, make, it, it doesn't, doesn't, make it doesn't much really much matter. Sense, it, yeah. Again, halfway there. Yeah. Right? It yeah. could have done, they could have done better if um, they'd had a bigger budget maybe or if they were able to more fully explore, again, the implications of what they're doing. But it was 60 sci-fi, and yep. that's, what, that's what you got. You got them going on the adventure. You don't see the fallout of the adventure. Yep. That's, that's that's fine. It's it's okay. Um, what is not okay is the last episode. So Turnabout Intruder, it is the final episode, and it is the most sexist, the most Shatner-ist of episodes. <laughs> Shatner-iest. It is, it, it, the ham factor is like, like, you could grow, like, no, you could raise an entire squadron of pigs what what is a what is a, a, a sty of a sty of pigs i don't know what the collective noun is neither but. do i but you could raise them on shatner's performance alone because there's so much ham here um and it is do, a, do you raise pigs on ham no that would be a terrible idea oh my god that's like feeding them their own i'm i'm just not good yeah. at talking Lindsay. Yeah, you know. know this about me uh <laughs> the point is it's a terrible way to end the series and yet it is the final episode it could have been the final star trek ever uh, and that's terrifying to think about. I will say that I was most excited to watch this episode, <laughs> not because I thought it was a good episode or anything, but because it has such a reputation for being sexist yeah. that I had to see it with my own two eyes. And did it, and did it meet did. your expectations? Well, <laughs> I I didn't hate it, which really? is weird. Because I felt, I forget the the other woman's name. She's, she's the premise is that she's a former girlfriend yes. of Kirk. Yes. Who's um, also in Starfleet and yes. was going to be, a, was, she, she was, was command com- track. She was command track, except. never be a captain. Because they didn't allow female captains yes. in Star Trek in 1960. And this is explicitly stated in yes. the show, which is, again, um, I don't know why that needed to be said. I don't know why that needed to be a rule. There could have been so many other well, reasons why this yeah. woman didn't make captain. And her own um, interpretation could have been that it's because they're sexist. But yeah. but no, this is explicitly stated. Kirk is like, women are not allowed. If, they, if, if women had been allowed, then this would have been different. Her life yeah. would have been... I think that's how the episode ends, yeah. which is really tragic because it's like... You know, here we are, 300 years in the future. We could have built this future where women could do this, but we just didn't do it. And it's like that's a terrible ending for the series to to find to finish on because you've built this utopia. You had control over yeah, this yeah. future. So why are you why commenting you on yeah. the the yeah. how bad that future is when you had control over it? Yeah, frustrating. Very. But. I do feel her anger at it and I don't think even though I think it's misplaced she's she takes over Kirk's body yeah so they pull Freaky Friday uh, yeah it's definitely Freaky Friday situation and I think that's misplaced it's not Kirk's fault she blames him but it's not really his fault well but I get it because she's crazy like that that's the problem with the episode is that at the end of it it's it's every the status quo is upheld because Mm -hmm. Obviously, women can't be captains because look at this crazy bitch. Right. That's the whole episode. Right. Really is is what the moral of the episode comes down yeah. to. And it is it is so regressive. It is so yeah. stupid. It's like, 
Like, did they not have a head showrunner who was a woman already? Like, they like these. No, this was no. They did. What's well, her name? G- DC Fontana. Yeah. She wasn't a showrunner. Okay, she was well, just she was on head- staff. Like, no, she was the... Head writer? Yeah. Wasn't she for season two was or she? season three? I thought so. But anyway. How did she let this go? <laughs> That's why I have a hard time uh, believing it. Yeah, it might not be. I might be wrong. I'm I'm just saying. Uh, you know, there, there was the idea that you could write this episode, even in 1969, is just appalling. Well, again, <laughs> it's it's commenting on a societal issue that's happening at the time without the nuance required to actually deal with it. Yeah. It's the hippie episode. It's Eden all yeah, over again. Yeah, it's yeah. it's we've got women we wanting want to do things breaking the glass ceiling, uh. but we can't we're going to explicitly keep them down. Um it's not just we're going to pay them 50 cents on the dollar. We're yeah. just not going to let them sit in the chair. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Without and and the fact that Kirk is sympathetic, so great. That's awesome. Um, he's not in a position that he could really affect any change. Understandable, but it's a cop out still. Yeah, absolutely. to have that because yeah. it's it's yeah. Big slog. Start at twenty four seventy nine point three. We are on track to finish our orbit within a week's time. Duties have been light, with ample recreation for the crew thrown in for good measure. It is unfortunate, then, that Lieutenant Aiden has become such a thorn in my side regarding the discussion of this week's agenda. Namely, just how salvageable is the final episode of Season 3, Turnabout Intruder? His assertions being so wrong, and his unabashed insistence on being fully correct, have both gone a long way towards landing him in the proverbial doghouse. I dare say whoever wrote that life is not a competition between men and women, but rather a collaboration, has clearly never had to replicate dinner on a nightly basis in our household. It will be a miracle if the lieutenant and I emerge from this journey in one piece. Is it salvageable? I would say no. (laughs) I feel like... I mean, okay, yeah, I suppose, I suppose if you completely change the whole structure of the episode, change the characters involved, and most importantly, change Shatner's performance as a woman trapped in a man's body, yes, potentially this could be an interesting episode to explore sexism Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the impact it has. Maybe the whole episode is about how that rule is dumb and it's, you know, but then you have to change the whole plot to not be about a woman proving that it's right you know like like it it is a salvageable episode in the sense that um if you don't keep the episode it's a salvageable episode but on its own as it is with the basic premise the basic characters the basic setup of the body swapping and everything i don't see how it goes anywhere else uh, except for where it eventually does, which is straight into the shitter. In my I opinion. disagree. And I think because the missing element for me that that doesn't go as far, that could have gone further, is with the Freaky Friday body swap thing. Oh, if, okay. if that, you know, Kirk is already halfway there with his, he does have sympathy and does, and, and, and is more open to accepting this changing, you know, landscape around him, I guess. Um, but he, he's just, he's not a hundred percent there. So then getting body swapped and actually living as a woman, yeah, you know, it's, it's again, a little bit regressive. It feels a little bit like Quark, that episode of DS9 where Quark mm-hmm. is a woman. Um, so there's potential there for it to be really offensive. Um, 
But more offensive than the way it's written now, I don't know. I think that Kirk could come out of that on the other end as her champion and could say, um, she's okay. she's yeah. she's got a problem. She's you know been stewing on this. That needs to be addressed. Maybe she doesn't actually end up remaining in Starfleet, but he can carry the the ideals that he's now he can take on yeah. her because he he does quest. experience a little bit of sexism in his totally. time there like he's you know he's talked down to and, yeah you know yeah and that yeah, yeah. that i think has to be what changes him and unfortunately it is the last episode so we don't see that that changes him and by the time we get well, to again it probably won't the change animated him based series on all of the, the movies yeah yeah like nothing nothing changes nothing in really this, changes in the for series. no yeah but but it could have. Well, I feel that's like that's how it's. I feel like yeah, you, you, maybe you're right. God damn it! Yeah, okay, thanks. Conceding defeat already, but yeah, <laughs> I think like honestly, all you have to do is change, give him an extra three minutes, yeah. and change his final monologue yeah. to be like, "She was right." Yeah, like this yeah. is the stupidest rule ever. Like, and, and and you don't have to change everything. You just have no. to change that. And I think it it because like I said, he's already most of the way there. Yeah. And then this thing happens, and it's. I think he's uh, he's he's not mad at her. He's not like this. This thing is kind of out of both of their control, but he can wrest some of that back and put power back into like correct that that imbalance. Yeah. If he chooses to, if the writers choose to, yeah. if the production company chooses to, and they didn't, they didn't, and they didn't because <laughs> uppity women. A, well, exactly. It was still the '60s, and women and the sexism was. I mean, it's not like it's gone. Very, it's not like it changed a whole lot, but it's it's a little bit better now, and I don't think this episode would obviously ever get made uh, in today's yeah, no, it wouldn't. marketplace. But yeah, I mean, the fact that, yeah, it was still reflecting 1960s sensibilities about mm-hmm. women in the workplace. And for all the progressiveness of the show, especially in the pilot, um, even in that, even in the pilot, though, we're going back to the pilot. Yeah. You know, Pike is like, oh, still can't stand women on the bridge. Oh, not you, number one. You're different. You're not like other girls. Yeah. Fucking pick me, boy. But, <laughs> you know, like it's it's literally like, uh, you know, even when they're trying their best, they're still falling back a little bit on on the the day and time. And that's that's understandable. Again, like you've said this whole episode, it was the 60s. Yeah. You can't just bypass the cultural values of, of the time in which you live. Yeah. But you can try a little bit harder than than fucking turn and, about and, intruder. And like. sci-fi is the venue for that to happen because yeah. it is the place where you can imagine whatever future you want, whether it's utopian, as they've done, or a dystopian Ray Bradbury, you know, yeah, fair sci-fi enough. future. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's... This is the venue for that to happen. The fact that it didn't, I think, reflects a lack of vision, a lack of courage. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not just that it's 1960s because you you have got shows that are starting to break new ground um, in this area, and you're heading into um, a period of cinema history where you've got auteur directors coming out and telling different types of stories. This is a, a, an interesting time for pop culture. Star Trek is not at the vanguard of that by the time season three comes around, which yeah. is really unfortunate. And and as we head into, like... I think it still might... It'd be a part of that vanguard. I think it's like it's like yeah, but, an early tip of it, and then it faded away. That's quickly. what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. like by by, by season, season three, three yeah, is what okay, I said. Yeah, yeah. So Sorry, yeah. so you get the animated series and the movies, and that's fine. They don't push the envelope anymore. They kind of settle into the Star Wars groove that everything got into by the end of the seventies, and then you get 
into Next Generation, which spends its first two seasons treading old ground, the retreading ground, yeah. Yeah. the same ground, um, before you get to the heights of what we now understand as the Star Trek yeah. world, world. And, and ideals. Yeah. 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 Um, so so that brings me to the, my, my final question or my final uh, discussion point. Um, I don't even know how to phrase it. <laughs> this could have been the final episode that we ever oh, get God. of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, it's not a worthy send-off no. for the series. No. But that's because we know that better things were coming. That's true. So if you're watching this show in 1969 or in the early 70s on syndication, syndication or whatever, yeah. knowing that this is the final episode, which you might not know if you're watching in syndication. Yeah, probably not. But. Um, how do you hold on? How do you hold out hope for this series? Yeah. Like, how does this become what it becomes? Yeah, I don't know, but it and does. I, I, and, <laughs> and, and, and I come back to what I said at the beginning. I think it's the fans. I think it's the imagination of the fans. And I, um, I rag a lot on New Trek fans who are really mad about the way that the series has been. as they picture it co-opted and taken into this quote-unquote woke world that they don't please do not quote jordan peterson at me it's so memeable i'm sorry i just yeah um but when you get fans who can imagine what it could be and i think this is this is the thing when you can reimagine the things that you see and um, find the places where it went wrong and fix it, or even if it's in your own mind or in a fanzine that you sell at conventions, mm-hmm. um, you keep that spirit alive, but you change that spirit as well. So it's I, it's the fans who did it. It's the fans who are the ones that make this happen. Well, I mean, and the fact that they watched it in syndication is what kept it alive. It well, kept yes. it financially viable yes. and made Paramount think, whoa, maybe we could look at another series. Yeah. So... Absolutely. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Okay. You're happy that I said that? I am happy. And, yeah. and yeah. it's on tape yeah. or not tape, digital. Digital tape. Yeah, it counts. Cool. Well, live long and prosper. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute. Beg it! So where are we going next, Aiden? Uh, the next stop on our five-year mission will be... Uh, hey, we might Five-year mission? We Jesus might be Christ, it might actually be. Yeah. As soon as you said we that, just, I was like, yeah, shit. shit, same. I just <laughs> said it. <laughs> but the next stop will be the animated series. Yeah. Uh, that brief interlude between uh, the original and the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to do the whole animated series. Uh, there were only two seasons, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just going to do it as, as one episode. So we'll talk about the season or the series as a whole. Um, and yeah, we're we're gonna after that we'll be moving on to the movies and and we're gonna give each movie its own thing. Yes, there, we can talk a little bit more in depth. There's a lot more to discuss. You know, we can get into the the specifics of each one and the Argue music about, and you know why the odd numbered films aren't as good as the even numbered films. There's no debate. That's, why that's I'm not, I I'm gonna stick up for the final frontier. I know you will. You need your pain, and I need to inflict it on you. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but yes, join us for that, uh, dear dearest listeners, and uh, thank you for joining us here today. Live long and prosper. That's what she said. You can find all our episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We love to talk Star Trek with our fellow nerds and would love to hear from you if you have thoughts or ideas about any of our discussions or the topics we've brought up. 
You can reach out to us on Twitter, that's at TheBixPod, or by email at TheBixPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Beam us up, Scotty.